Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are in week five out of six in our Red or Green series, where we've been answering the top six most asked questions that you've asked. You asked questions anonymously, then we voted on them. So today we're handling the second most asked question of the summer. Uh, before I dump, jump into that, I want to know how many of you would consider yourself a good test taker? You're like, hey, when it tests, I can do tests. I'm good at tests. It's okay. It's okay. I know we're always like, oh man, I broke the curve and people hated me at school, but it, today's your day to shine. All right. T- good test takers, some of you. All right. So School starting up, kids are going to be taking tests. I saw some pictures on, um, on, uh, about some kids taking some tests. So let's just look at some of these. Circle the smallest number on whoever did this. They're genius. Uh, they got it right. They got it right. All right. Second one, what ended in 1896? <laughs> Fill in the blank. Answer, 1895, obviously. Uh, it's very, very smart uh, brilliant kid. Let's do uh, the next one. Now, for those of you who do not like true-false questions, this is what you need to know because you, it's, is it true? Is it false? It's, it's, you, could, you could work it either way. So that's absolutely perfect for those true-false questions. And then I love this one. Some of you may not be able to, to see it. It says, uh, Bobby has four dimes. Amy has 30 pennies. Which child has more money? And uh, Bobby is the answer. And then it says, how do you know? Show your thinking. And then he drew a little picture of himself, and he's thinking Bobby. I love it. That's a smart kid. That is a smart kid. Uh, Test taking. Um, We have what I would say kind of in in life, we have... um, when it comes to spiritual things and the way we live our life and, you know, what's God's will for my life? Uh, it's kind of a fill in the blank type question where I wish there was, I like multiple choice, honestly, because at least there's a 25% chance of getting it right if it's A through D or whatever. But I, you know, when it comes to fill in the blank, especially taking a test at school, like if I didn't know the answer, like there, it was just blank. I had nothing. I got nothing. And so we have blanks in life to fill, and a lot of times we want to know, God, what do you want me to fill in for this blank? And, we, and so we're trying to uh, figure out some of those major life questions. Do I buy a house? Which college do I go to? Do I take this job promotion? Do we have more kids? The big one in Los Alamos, do I stay in Los Alamos? Or do we get to finally... Move away from Los Alamos. I know some of y'all. You're trying to, you know, do we, we want to answer these questions. Now, some of us, we fill in these questions different ways. We fill in the blanks in, in different ways. Anyone in here uh, indecisive? Like on a scale of one to 10, one being like completely indecisive to 10, now I make decisions. Uh, who's in my, my five to one scale? I'm, I'm, I'm indecisive. Like, you, you spend an hour on Netflix, but you're just trying to figure out what you want to watch on Netflix, right? I'm like a one. I go in and I look at the ketchup aisle at Smith's, and I can't, I can't buy ketchup. 
Because I'm looking at the little price per ounce and I'm trying to figure out the little dog thing and then there's organic and it's just, I'm terrible. I'm very, I can be very in, indecisive. Um, I don't know how you fill in the blanks. I mean, as a, as a kid or a teenager, it might be like horoscopes. It may be uh, you do a pro-con list or let's just flip a coin. And why I think it's important that we get these blanks filled in right is because as your pastor today, I truly believe God has a plan for your life. I really believe God has a plan and wants to help you fill in these blanks. That you're not just alone, randomly trying to figure this thing out. And so today I want to kind of drop a little bit of the tension on figuring this thing out. Remove some of the pressure and complication. Maybe get us pointed in the right direction. The question on the table today is how do I know when to take action? How do I know when to take action and when to be still and trust God? I kind of think of, of, of two sides. I mean, you see this in, in scripture a lot where God tells us to be still or to rest. Uh, Exodus chapter 14 is one that I'm going to bring up today. Uh, where, where Israel was being, uh, they're coming out of slavery. And as they're coming out of slavery, you know, the 10 plagues, and um, you've, seen, you've seen the movie. I forget the guy's name. What's the guy's name? Charlton Heston. Heston. How could I forget Charlton Heston? Um, but, you know, let my people go, and they're coming out of Egypt. But then Egypt starts to pursue them, saying, oh, no, we made a bad choice. You're going to go back into slavery. And this is what, what God says to Moses, which then Moses delivers to the people. It says, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, so you're going to see them, but you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You, only, you need only to be still. And there it is. Just be still and God's going to fight for you. But then you have a verse, say, like in James, where it's like faith without works is dead. So how do I know when to, to pray and be still? And how do I know when to sweat and hustle? Because it seems like it's a little bit of both and there's some tension in between it. I can, I can certainly get that. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the majority of us, 90% of us, 95% of us, we, we know how to hustle. We know how to work and take action. We don't really need help on, on that one. I could be totally wrong in reading this. But I would say for the majority of us today in the room, we're probably taking too much action and, and not resting and, and being still enough. Be still and know that I am God. Like, who has, where's my parents of toddlers? Parents of toddlers, parents of toddlers, you got kiddos. All right. In my house, when it comes to, to bedtime, it's still kind of like this, although we're getting better. But it kind of sounds like there's a, a burglary going on in our house when it comes to bedtime. Because we, we put them in, we tuck them in, and then what do they do? They're up and they're running around and they're doing this to different things. They're fighting. And, and so eventually dad gets up and it's like, all right, everybody down. The next person that makes a sound is going to get it. The next person to move, you're going to get it. The next person that even thinks about, 
moving or making a sound is going to get, you know, it sounds like a burglary in our house and we're trying to just like, be still. And I think our Heavenly Father tells His children, why won't you be still? We just keep going and going and going. Scrolling, scrolling, and scrolling. And we don't take time to be still. We have an inability to shut, to not, to not shut down. And we keep going, and it has our minds restless. Rest, rest, being still positions our soul to receive what God wants to take action on. I think, how do I know the difference on when I'm supposed to be still and take action? I think a big part of it starts with this foundation of being still and listening to God. How are you going to know what to take action on if you can't hear the voice of your father? We also like to watch movies and play video games at our house, all right? And so the kids are watching the movie, they're on the screen, and I'm, up, I'm, I'm upstairs. Hey, boys! Hey, boys, I need, you to, I need your help. I need you to come upstairs. Silence and nothing. Hey, boys, I need, I need your help. And they're so laser focused on the screen that they can't hear their daddy upstairs who's trying to talk to them. Now, there's one thing for my parenting techniques that I need to work on, all right, but I think that's a good illustration of our Heavenly Father who's also trying to speak to us. And we are so laser-focused on our stuff that we can't hear Him. A few years ago, I was on a vacation, on a beach somewhere, and this, this issue of being still, this is like my Achilles heel. This is the thing that just I have to fight on a daily basis on who I'm going to be and how I'm going to live my life. I'm on this vacation, and it's about day three or four, and my brain still won't shut down. I'm still in work mode. I'm still in, um, my mind is racing, and I just cannot calm down. So I'm kind of having it out with God during a morning quiet time. And it's just like, God, how, how long... Is this going to be like this? I don't want to be like this. How long are, you know, am I, I just, I'm always busy. I got things to do. I can't even shut down on vacation. How long? And then I got a word from God. I got two words. And he, came, he gave it right back to me. He said, how long? How much longer are you going to keep going at this pace? And it's, it's stuck right to my soul. And that's, as I was prepping this message today, for some of you, this is what God wants to ask you today. How, how long are you going to continue at it? You're, you're in such a hurry. Why are you always in such a hurry? Why, is, why can things never get done and you're so exhausted and you're so fried and you're going and doing and your brain doesn't shut off? We keep loading ourselves with information and, and your Heavenly Father just simply wants to ask in a very loving way, how much longer? 
Like get, get a calendar out and let's mark the date today. Is it when, when, when school starts? Is it when they, they graduate and they get out of the house? That's when, that's when life will be less hectic? Like, how much longer are you going to continue at the pace that you're going? Because you get to set that. And you may have certain things that come your way, but at the end of the day, you're responsible for your schedule. You're responsible for the priorities that you set for yourself. I used to work with teenagers. And they'd be, oh, I'm so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. And you talk to them, and they're like, well, I got four AP classes that I'm taking this year. Well, no wonder you're stressed out. Well, who, well mom and dad maybe do that. But I would put it back on the teenagers and say, you, you can have some conversations about that. These are, this is a tough one to wrestle with because each one of us individually have to wrestle with, why are you so busy? Why are you so rushed? Why? What, what's, what's the push? And a lot of it comes back to me. I'm insecure. I want to be successful. I want power. I want financial stability. I, you, know, you have to wrestle underneath on what's going on there. And for the vast majority of us in this room, because we're successful in our, in our culture, our culture drives us for more. Our culture drives us for whatever's next, or I call it the er, sexier, smarter, bigger, faster. We're just chasing er as if that will satisfy. How much longer are you going to keep going at this pace? Rest, be still. Then it starts working to a relationship. And this is what your heavenly father wants. This is what you are designed for is a relationship with our father in heaven. Jesus, he told a story about being a shepherd and his relationship with the father. And he says, he, the father walks, or the shepherd walks ahead of them and they, the sheep, Follow him because, say this with me, they know his voice. They know his voice. So he's speaking. Those who are still and are obedient, they'll follow his voice. They know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And I get it early on. Early on, as a, if you're just jumping into this, you're like, I don't know. Is that a voice from God or is that from someone else? Over time, I believe you'll know. But this is why. This is why. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push getting into a, a connect group where people who are wanting to go in the same direction and the same path because I need other people. I need a strong circle who can see my life from the outside I'm blind to a lot of things. I can talk through some things. They know me. I know them. And they can say, I don't, I don't think that quite. I would, I would question that. I would pause there. And I need that in my life. I can't do this thing alone. If I'm trying to fill in blanks by myself, I'm going to put in some real dumb answers sometimes. That's why when we, have freedom, when we started Freedom Church, Technically, we're pastor-led right now, 
but I have other leaders that help because I can make some really jacked up and dumb decisions by myself with this church. But if I have a group around me that I know is, that is wise, praying, seeking Jesus, that aren't just yes people, but will tell me no, then we're going to have a tough time with a group of us making some bad choices. We may, we may screw it up, but I need help. We need to get in a group and not just do this thing alone. We need in a group, if you're married, I would say even outside your spouse, just so you have an outside of the accountability going on in your life. Eventually, eventually, how do I know the action, taking action versus being still? A relationship with God will keep you in the balance. You hearing that voice over time. I had someone just a, a, about a month or so ago. Politics, all right? Let me just step on your toes a little while. Politics, people just getting so upset on the left or the right. And they see the news or they hear the latest fear cast. You know, you, you get on the weather, you check your forecast, you get on CNN or check Fox and you get on the fear cast. You're trying to figure out what am I supposed to be afraid of today? And then you get on there and you get all tense and you get all the anxiety and then the anger boils up and you can't believe that they would do this or they would do that. You say, how do I know when to speak up or just to say, you know what, God, God's got this and just kind of be still. I said, one, if it's on social media, just leave it alone. That is going to just destroy any influence that you have. So don't be commenting or like just hold it in, right? That's, just, that's a free nugget for, for some of y'all. All right. Um, I said, how do you know when to jump in or be still? I said, it's a real, you're going to have to listen to God. Because there's going to be times when he's, he says, shut up. Do not speak. Keep your mouth closed. No. And I know it fires you up. But it's, it's, you're not the one to say it. You're not the one to do it. There might be other times when he tells you to get involved. I, the only way I know how to, to, to really know that is a relationship with God. Because it's not really written out specifically, hey, uh, Rick, on Tuesday... Here it says in, in the book of James that Rick needs to go and do this political thing or whatever. you got to have a relationship with God. Having a community around you to help with some of the bigger issues is really going to help you. And then it's going to take some risk. I need, I need one volunteer who's willing to take a little bit of a risk with me this morning. I want to do an illustration up on the stage. Do I have somebody, I need an adult, I need a grown-up uh, to come up on, on the stage uh, to kind of help show this in, in real time. So one person, all right, Blake, come on up. Everybody give Blake a round of applause. All right. Let's see here. Now, Blake, do you trust me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Come over here, stand in light. So what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to have a little uh, trust exercise. I'm going to blindfold you here. All right. Um, let's see. All right. This is a tie, so it's not really a. All right. All right. Hopefully, that's going to stay. Yeah. Can you see? No. Not really. Okay. How many? 
fingers am I holding up? You're holding up fingers. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to have you stand right here. Let's turn you around one time just to make this a little fun. Okay. Right there. All right. And what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a series of commands to, uh, to go through, but we're going to practice to see if we're on the same page. So I need you to take your left foot and just take one tiny step backwards. Okay? Take the right foot one tiny step backwards. Now, uh, right foot forwards. Do a twirl. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, let's do one side step to the right. All right, take a 90-degree turn to your right. There you go. All right. Um, now, I need you to follow my voice. Take one step forward, one big step forward. Okay. Side step to the left. One more just like that. Now, I need you to turn around the other way. And I want you to sit down. <laughs> got him. Got him. Let's give Blake a round of applause. You went, pretty, you went pretty fast. So with that, you had to trust me, for one, but you also didn't know exactly where you were going or what I was doing or which, yeah, which direction you were going. And a lot of times that's the way it is with God. We, we, uh, we don't know the direction. We don't know why he's telling us to do certain things. It seems funny or fishy. Um, I wanted you to just come over and sit at the chair and see what this faith exercise would do and try not to kill you at the same time. But I think with God, so many times we have this tension of trying to, do I trust your voice? Do I take that next step? So, Blake, thank you for, for doing that with me and uh, giving us a little bit of a faith illustration this morning. Give him a round of applause as he takes a step back. So many of us, when God speaks, all right, so I've, I'm still, and God starts to speak, and it's time to take a step and take action. A lot of us, we want assurance as we're going towards this thing. How can I know that this is going to lead me in the direction that I want to go? And many times you won't know until you take that next step of faith. How do I know that this is God's will for my life? How do I know that this is a yes, that this is an open door that I'm supposed to, to go through or walk through? How do I know? Many times you don't know on this side. It's not until you take that step and then you look back and then you know that was God. It's not until you take, I didn't know when we started Freedom Church that, that this thing was going to take off. But it wasn't until we took, uh, there's no, the assurance. So many times, I want assurance. You want assurance. God, just give me the assurance that this is all going to work out right. And, and you, quite simply, you just don't know. But that's the reward on the other side is moving towards your destiny. The reward is a, is a faith that grows. Your faith grows each step away. And as you say yes, as, a, as you lean into it, for some of you, if God's calling you to get baptized and you say yes and you lean into it and then you take that step and you look back, Oh, all of a sudden that voice, that voice that I'm supposed to know, if God's telling you to get into a group and you're like, I don't know, I'm not sure. And you take that step 
and you get on the other side, you can look back and say, I know that voice. I've heard that voice before. I can trust that voice. And over time, you begin. He says, my sheep, they know my voice, and they follow me. Over time, you'll get to know that voice. Why then, going back to how long, how long? You know why we procrastinate this? Why do you and I procrastinate being still before God? I know why I do. Because He speaks. He may not speak verbally. He may not speak like right away. So oftentimes, how do some of us, we fill in the blank. We just flip through the Bible. God, I need a word random right here. And you're just kind of like hanging on whatever's randomly there, right? He may or may not speak through that. I would say that's probably not wise. Honestly, in my life, after about two or three weeks, if I'm seeking God on something in about two or three weeks, I start to hear from him. And I, I don't, I'm not still because he speaks, because then I'm going to have to do something about it. Sometimes it's with sin, and I'd rather hide than be completely exposed before God. I'd rather run around and try to put fig leagues up and try to hide the sin or the shame or I'll just do religious activities. I'll go to church. I'll be better. I'll try harder. And we got fig leaves up trying to just, instead of just being exposed before God, to just say, here's the deal. Here's why you're so busy. Here's why you're so worried and stressed out about all of these things. And he's going to point out some really hard things in your life. And it's, I, I don't want to sit still before God because he speaks. And when I'm exposed to just say, hey, I'm open, you speak, God, whatever you want. He's going to show something that's hard. He's going to show something that's a little bit uncomfortable. All of this, not to shame you, but to make you better. He's trying to make you better. He's trying to make you more like him. Think about Jonah. Hey, Jonah, go and tell these people about me. Go and tell them that they need to repent, that they're going the wrong way. This is my plan for you, Jonah. What's Jonah do? Ah, I'm going the other way. I want to go the exact opposite way. Usually when God speaks, he's going to stretch you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to grow you. And that's hard. I don't want to change. I'm 40 years old. I like how I'm living. I like the direction that I'm going. I don't want to change. So we don't be still. Because he's going to stretch us. Oh, oh, and in Los Alamos? <laughs> why don't, why aren't we still? Because that means you got to give up control. It means you're not calling the shots anymore. The most powerful device in our house is that remote control. Whoever has the, the remote control controls the volume, the, what we're watching. And in our town, in our culture, control. When he speaks, it, it shows you that you are not the one in charge. He'll point out that you're a workaholic, you're too agitated by politics, you're addicted to your phone, you're angry, you got a lot of anger problems, just tough stuff to help us be better. And when he, when he saw 
that what Adam did and Adam tried to hide with fig leaves, what did he say? God came walking in the garden. He said, where, where are you? Now he knew, but he asked the question that he, the second question that I want to ask you today, where are you? He's saying, hey, I want this relationship. I want to be still. And he's saying, where are you? Why are you running? Why are you hiding? Why are you trying to look the part? For some of you, today captures exactly where you are. And your soul has been restless for so long. And in a way, all of this is by design. It's by design. Because all of the stuff that you're searching for, all of the stuff you're longing for, was never meant to satisfy. You're looking for earthly things to try to satisfy a hole in your life, a void in your life that only God can fill. You're trying to fill it with natural things, things of this world, but you need something outside of this world. You, can't, you need something supernatural. So all of this longing for more, all of this working and earning it and, and trying to achieve, none of it's bad, but you understand today that it was never by design meant to satisfy. In fact, all of it was meant to frustrate you so you would go to him and look for him to fill it and satisfy it. And today, very lovingly, very gently, he's saying, how much longer are you going to keep going and trying to fill this void without me? How much longer? Where are you in this? Everything was created through him and for him, including you. He, Jesus, existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, which is why it's so important that we find ways to get together. Jesus has not given up on his church. As frustrated as we can be about the church, as lost as the church can be sometimes, I'm not giving up on the church. Jesus is still here. He says, you and I, we're part of the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all, who rose from the dead. So he is first in everything. He's first in everything. I have on my phone a bunch of apps. And there's two that seem to contrast that help me out on this. One is a stopwatch. And I feel like when I, when I deal with this question with God, okay, I'll be still, but you only got so much time, God. I'll be still, but when it hits five minutes, I'm taking action because you're not moving. When we don't understand that God, he doesn't quite work on our, on our timeline. He doesn't quite work on the stopwatch uh, time that we mandate to him and say, God, this is how you got to work in my life. There's another app that I want you to get used to on your phone when it comes to spiritually going. Instead of a stopwatch, you pull out, not that, the compass. There's no time frame on the compass. You sit there and look at it, and God just says, this direction, step. This direction, step. This direction, step one step at a time. It may not make sense. It may be frustrating as I'll get out. There may be a lot of worry. There may be a lot of risk. But I'm telling you, when you follow the compass in God's next steps, it may not be easy, but it's always better. 
And this is God's plan for your life, to be first in everything. Next step for your finances. Next step for your career. Next step for your marriage. Next step for your parenting. Next step for your, your schedule. Next steps. And just following him on the compass, on the compass, the direction that he wants you to go. I'll end it with this. Let's stand. Let's stand so, we can, so I will keep talking. <laughs> Come to me, Jesus says. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus at one point would say, what's more important in this world than your soul? Rhetorical question, nothing. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. The yoke of this world, the yoke of our culture is crushing. The weight is so unbearable. And many of us, we are, we are crashing under the weight of that pressure. And today is a chance for freedom. For me, it's a daily battle for freedom to say, am I going to try to carry the yoke of the world or am I going to let Jesus take some of these on and let him guide me one step at a time? I don't know where this finds you at today, but I'm praying for freedom in your next step. All right, so I hope you were encouraged today. Um, this is my uh, Achilles heel. This uh, battle that I fight on the hurry, the rush, the busyness. And um, I hope God spoke to you today. I hope he encouraged you today. I want I that challenge for me. How long? How long do I want to be in this state? How long do I want to continue on this path? I, I, I pray that you join with me today and this week that we really wrestle with that question and when, when God speaks to us, we, we, we make those changes that are necessary. We say yes to what's important, making them first. And, and I, I know, I know when we do that, as hard as it is, when we do that, when we make Jesus first in priority, the best is still to come. He's got something beautiful, a beautiful blessing waiting for you on the other side. Please just take that next step of faith. Have a good one, Freedom. It's, a, uh, it's an honor to be your pastor, your pastor, and uh, I hope you have a, a blessed week. We'll see you later. Bye.